Oh, yo, welcome. Welcome to the Peer to Peer Podcast. <laughs> welcome to the Peer to Peer Podcast, ladies and gentlemen. This is a momentous podcast for us because we're two huge Kobe fans. And I was actually really looking forward to just talking about Kobe. And it's been a few days since he died in his tragic helicopter accident. Uh, but before we get to talking about that, because he meant a lot, I'm assuming to you, but Facts. most definitely got the, to got me. The shirt on. Okay, Facts. you got Facts. the shirt on and everything. Facts. But um, I'm here with Lo. Yo, what up, Internet? This is the one and only legend of winning, a.k.a. Lo. Lo. And I'm back for another I can't podcast. do that because that's, that's, yeah, that's, that's, that's Illuminati. That's Illuminati vibe. I can't do that. I can't no, do that. it's not. That's your shit. No, no, no. The whole like. Oh, yeah, yeah, well, yeah. You can't do that. Oh, no, Phantom, Phantom used to do that, too. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, no, you valid. Shut the Phantom. Shut the Phantom. I can do that. Yeah, Phantom, my guy. You my got guy. it. You Phantom, got my it. guy. Phantom, my guy. Man, um, it was a rough week, Lo. Yeah. I didn't even talk to you the day we found out Kobe passed away because um, I, knew, I, knew, I knew how much you liked Kobe and how much of an impact it had on your life. And I, yo, when I tell you, like, I didn't want to do anything that day. Yeah, I yeah. went from like, oh, I'm going to get a ton of stuff done to like every time I read the headline, I didn't believe it. Like yeah. Kobe, Shaq reacts to Kobe dying. Kobe died. And then it's like, yeah, he died. So we sat there for a few hours just trying to get more information about what happened. It's like, was Rick Fox involved? Is he not involved? Luckily, he wasn't. Um, was Kobe's kids on the helicopter? Were they not on the helicopter? There's a whole lot of misreporting going on. So. For the few hours after we learned that Kobe passed away, uh, ESPN verified it, TMZ verified it. I was just trying to know, like, what happened. And, like, I need closure because I'm not even one to really. Well, we'll get into this a little bit later, but um, what? Well, I guess I don't, I'm trying to tackle this topic because there's like a million things I want to say. Yeah. He was the most important celebrity in my life, like next to family, Kobe, my whole life growing up. Mm-hmm. And so when he passes away, especially at 41, you, you, you wouldn't think that somebody as dominant and invincible as Kobe is even capable of passing away. Then you hear he passes away and you're like, OK, well, then how do I process this information? Especially because he was just starting to gain momentum um, after his basketball career in his after basketball career. He had his ESPN show. Um, Body Armor was starting to do a lot better. Yeah. He had a whole bunch of investments that were taken off. Um, and he was cha- he was the one athlete who was going hard trying to promote women's basketball and women's sports in general because, of course, he has four daughters, and they're working their way up. Um, and I, I believe of, at least a few of them have interest in playing in the WNBA. Well, the, the one that, G- that, yeah, that, we, that definitely probably would have made it was uh, Gianna, who also was in the uh, helicopter with him. So that's that, – that, that was um, – Man. That was, that was the – after, you know, I got beside um, myself outside of the whole Kobe situation. Um, actually, before I even continue, just, you know, prayers go out to all the family members and stuff like that. All the people who um, lost someone in that, in that um, accident because, of course, it just wasn't Kobe. It just wasn't Gianna. It was um, a few other people who passed away as well. But um, after a while, when I started to um, think about it and try to get my, uh, my, my thoughts together, that's, that's the angle that was really starting to bother me and um that really that really had me messed up after I kind of slowly started to get off of the whole um loss of Kobe is that it's not just that you end up losing life it's the the impact that you left behind that you no longer will have in the world and um like you said again I mean even beyond Kobe like I definitely believe 
Gianna, uh, Gigi would have had a massive impact in the world, uh, especially uh, going forward with the WNBA. And I, they definitely need a star like that in that league to she kind of perpetuate. She didn't even start her life yet. She's yeah. 13, 13, man. Yeah. 13. And you hear like the stories people would say about her and they were like, she had Kobe's killer instinct. The fact that Kobe was, Kobe will openly say like, oh, she's better than me when I Ex- was, mm. when I was that age. So yeah, like that, that's the, that's the part that really um, got me is just like thinking about the people who no longer will be impacted by those lives because um, it's, it's funny because every single time I, I go on Twitter, there's like things that people learn about Kobe that I already knew, obviously, because I'm a massive Kobe fan. But, like, all the way things, like, small things, like the Sixers put um, the number 33 on the floor, on the court. And there are people who are like, I don't know why they did that. And they don't know that I was his number in high school when he was in um, in Philadelphia, in Philly. So, like, there's a lot of things they don't know. And, I, you, know what's, you know, what's even crazier, on, I think, the first or second podcast we uploaded, I was talking about the helicopter thing. Yeah. Jokingly, obviously. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, I was talking about the helicopter thing. But then people just again started to realize why he had the helicopter and why he was he was taking that um, form of transportation, and so I say all that to say that it's not only that people don't know a lot about his life despite him being um, you know in the public eye, but the fact that also they won't be impacted by him anymore because if you don't know that much if you don't if you don't know those nuances then you're definitely not as impacted by his life as I was and moving forward there's going to be a generation of basketball players generations of hardworking people, a generation of people who should be influenced by his work ethic, by what he brought to the game. And then you also, again, Gianna and all the other people who are connected to them um, with their family and friends. And, you know, me and you never met Kobe a day in our lives. And the fact that, like, we were influenced and impacted by him, I could only imagine the type of connection that people who saw him on a day-to-day basis yeah. had with him. And so Is, that's the... That started to cut you off. That's the part that was most fascinating to me. Of course, he had an impact on millions and millions and millions of people that's never met him. Yeah. But just to hear all the stories from people that have interacted with him, even if it was a couple times. Yeah. It's like, how does, you know how charismatic and influential and important of a person you have to be in just in terms of everybody to have had an impact that global. Yep. There was, I think it was Mike Breen. Um, he was talking about a story, and it was probably the one I enjoyed listening to the most, where he was in China, and uh, he got in a taxi, and then the taxi driver asked him, like, do you know Kobe? Mm-hmm. And he's like, yeah. And then he, he pulled over the cab and was like, he turned around and looked at him and was like, wait, you know Kobe? And he was like, yeah, I know Kobe. This is where I'm going right now. And the guy just started to bawl, like crying, just because he met somebody that knew Kobe. And that's Jeez. all the way in China where you have to be up at crazy hours just to watch Kobe play. Yeah. And so it's not like you just go home and before you go to sleep, Kobe's putting up buckets. It's like, no, you got to wake up at certain times to watch Kobe play. And that's the impact he had there. And so we, I know he was huge in the Philippines and I know he's huge um, all throughout Canada. Mm-hmm. And of course, in the United States, so it was like. Even, even with the China thing is crazy because there's, there's plenty of people who are saying that. Even at the peak of Yao Ming, Kobe's influence was rivaling Yao Ming. Yeah, that's unbelievable. And like, that's what I'm saying. Like to even <laughs> to even rival Yao Ming, who is easily the greatest um, Chinese player in NBA history. So like the the fact that you could rival that at the peak of his powers when Kobe was obviously at the peak of his as his powers as well. Um, 
Yeah, that just again explains the type of influence that he had. But um, I mean, for me, I, I I put this on Twitter. I don't know if people know that, but like, yeah, Kobe introduced me to basketball, and for basketball to just like influence my life to where it's at right now, and obviously with my uh, YouTube channel. But outside of financially, it helped me communication, teamwork, work ethic, et cetera, et cetera. Built built bonds with agent right here that I that I don't think I've ever would have met you in your, in my life if I wasn't connected to basketball the way that I am because the only way I even met you was through a basketball podcast. So like things like that, um, basketball and I think basket I think sports and, and music are the only two entities that can connect total strangers like that. And for someone to introduce you to that and make you understand and love the game to the extent that Kobe did, for me at least, that's the reason why I was um the type of connection I had with him in uh, in my life and the type of impact he had with me. Yeah. <clears throat> Growing up, um, I so Dave Chappelle, after, maybe after Kobe Bryant, Dave Chappelle is the next guy. Comedy's like, up there as well. That, that can just. Yeah. But people. I remember my the funniest bit I've ever heard in my life was, I think it was for her in Dave Chappelle's For What It's Worth. I think that's what a special called. It was back in like early 2000s. Mm. Uh, he had this one bit where he was confused by why people are so obsessed with celebrities. And I've always subscribed to that mindset. I've never really given any one celebrity a lot of influence or power over me. They just never had, they've never had that kind of impact Mm -hmm. except Kobe. Mm -hmm. Like when I was in grade 11 and I was flat out average at everything, it was, it was watching Kobe play at exceptional standards that helped me just turn things around. It's like, all right, so I could either continue this trajectory where I'm going to be doing basic people things for the rest of my life. And I know it's going to make me unhappy or I could turn it up. And you hear stories about how Kobe would uplift teammates or just sometimes even you were sharing that story with how he was trying to get Pau Gasol to harden up. Yeah. And it's like, he would do that for the people around him because he demanded that excellence. And if you were playing with Kobe, you had to come with it hundred percent of the time. So it was like, how can I, how can that be, such an important figure in my life and I'm sitting there not not implementing none of the stuff he was showing because it's not really I don't ever pay attention to what people say I always pay attention to what they do and Kobe never ever ever straight he always demonstrated exactly what the fuck he said and he did it with intent and purpose and it's like all right so let me turn my life around boom and throughout high school I go from like an average student to like now I'm killing every class and I'm getting awards for being the top grade in the class. And I never really figured that that was a strength of mine. I still don't. But it's just I outwork some other people. Yeah. Then I got to uni and I outworked some more people. I got on the dean's list and I was in I was volunteering here. I was working part time here. I was doing YouTube. And it's like that whole time I always try to just be. Just demonstrate a fraction of the work ethic Kobe had, a fraction of it, and that would be enough for me to be top 1%. That's how amazing he was. And so he had that influence on me. He always made me want to be the best. And a lot of people, and you'd hear like, it's it's not always glamorous or fun. Sometimes you don't want to be out there. And sometimes it's going to come with a lot of sacrifice. But it's like, in every situation in my life, I learned that anytime I had to make those sacrifices for some shit that I wanted later on, mm-hmm. it always paid off later on. Yeah. And so um, to see him go, it's like every time I read the headline, low, I'm like, I still can't believe like I just caught off guard. Like, wait, hook. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm still at that moment. as well, And I don't know if it's like still a form of denial or anything like that. But I don't, I don't think I don't want to say denial, but it's still like like you don't you reread it and it's like. Like I like literally, we were just talking about him the day before, literally. to to the extent of him 
just being a topic to to like for us to have a conversation about them. And so for it to be like that sudden within literally hours is what's was crazy. But um, like you said, the what the the greatest thing I think you brought up, and I think the greatest aspect of Kobe is um, you were talking about you were average, and that you were able to excel at something that you didn't think you were able to because just because of hard work and work ethic, and I think that's probably the biggest thing um, many people take away, especially me, because again, it wasn't like Kobe was not the quickest, he was not the fastest, he didn't have the greatest handles, he wasn't the greatest shooter, um, he didn't have the greatest sleeping abilities, he didn't have the biggest hands, he wasn't the biggest strongest, none of none of those things, um, but. The one thing that Kobe did way better than everyone else was his work ethic, was his discipline, was his execution, was just grinding to get to the point where he could just outwork everyone else to a point where you could consider him one of the greatest players of all time and just one of the greatest athletes of all time. And also um, uh, Mike on Through the Wire had said something. Not Mike. Um, actually, I think his name is Mike. One of the two um, light-skinned gentlemen on um, Through the Wire podcast brought up a good point about how Kobe um, – gave us um, historic and, and monumental moments, which I think a lot of people don't thoroughly understand because when it comes to talking about basketball, especially um, I started realizing this last year when I did the uh, I did this uh, video where I was kind of going back through the evolution of the sensor position. And I had to, I, like, I literally can't talk about every single last sensor, so I had to leave people out. And I think people don't recognize the, the importance of playing so well to where we have to discuss you. Mm-hmm. Like you like we literally cannot have a conversation not about shooting guards, not about not just about shooting guards, not just about great Laker players, not just about the best players through the 2000s or the just, or the best players in the last 30 years, like literally or not even just about the best players in the NBA. If you're talking about basketball as a sport, Kobe Bryant's name is being brought up in Always. that. And the fact that we were basically raised, like it was a portion of both of our lives that were just raised off of that type of influence, that type of work ethic, that type of impact. And that's where, again, I get back to my original point of the fact that there's people who are going to grow up in the world now who won't thoroughly understand that um, because he was just taken too soon from us is just ridiculous. Yeah, the the worst part about it, man, is I remember when he retired, he was in the interview and he was talking about how if his career after the NBA, after he retired from basketball, isn't more important, if he didn't get more done, if he wasn't more influential after, then he would have considered himself, I don't know if he used those words, if he would consider himself I know, failure. I know but, what interviews I'm And about. so I was like, man, and, and he was doing it. Yeah. And he was doing it. And then... It's like, man, you don't even know what he's capable of. And I remember, um, man, and you're right. And part of me was thinking, like, because he died, maybe people are going to pay attention to the lessons of his life, because, especially because it was a tragic death and unexpected. Yeah. But then I just stopped to think, like, yo, that's Kobe. If he was alive, he could have done way more. Way more. Way more. Way more. Give him 40 more years? Come on, man. There was... Uh, <laughs> It, all of it is disappointing. All of it is like when I first heard the news, Vortex called me to tell me mm-hmm. um, and I wasn't picking up. So he called Waleed and then Waleed rushed into my room. He's like, yo, Kobe died. I was like, man, stop trolling, bro. What are you trolling yeah. about right now? So I went on Twitter. It's trending. But it's like, ah, I'm not going to believe that shit yet. It's TMZ. Uh, turns out it was true. First thing I did, yo, go to sleep. And then I woke up a couple hours later and I looked at my phone. 
and it was fucking real. And then you read through and you're like, man, who else is involved? You're trying to find out everybody involved. And at first, it's like, Rick Fox is involved. Now, I, I respect his NBA career, but I truly respect what he did for esports. And that's something that I'm really passionate about, too. So I was like, I can't find out Oh, Rick Fox also passed away. I might just lose it. Thank God he didn't. And Rick Fox was actually, I think, on... Um, he was on TNT talking about what that was like for his family. I, I still have not watched any of that. Yeah, it was, it was really I good. I you can't should. watch it. I can't watch it. But it's like... Not yet, at least. Kobe was able to do so much for me, man. Growing up, man, you, if you try to tell me T-Mac was better, we argue for hours. I wouldn't give up on that argument. T-Mac, are you out of your mind? You, so my brother was a huge LeBron fan. My whole life growing up, we would watch the All-Star game together. And um, we would always like be like, oh, Kobe's going to drop off LeBron. And every time he would, <laughs> every time he'd get, get like some nice crossover and I'd use that clip for the next few months. And then even, even as he got older, it doesn't matter how many injuries he was. It's the same reason I really enjoy watched, I, um, when I watch NFL, I really love Peyton Manning. It's because, yo, he had a huge disc on his neck. He came back from that and won a Super yeah. Bowl. So it's like... I don't, I, think, I don't think people know that about Kobe either. There was like in his, his especially life. in he his was, in his second, especially in his second act in his career, he was almost injured every, almost every single since year. Since 2009, he had a fucked up yeah. finger, and then one year he'd fuck up his Achilles. Next year, uh, it would be a knee, and then it's like, man, it just keeps adding up. Like literally in the 2010 postseason run, especially in the finals, his knee was just all fucked up to the point where in Game Seven. They, had, they were taking him out the game to go drain fluid out of That's, his knee. So, like, yeah, I don't think people, because when people bring up, like, numbers and stuff like that, I don't think people thoroughly understand, especially comparing players now where they sit out if they if they catch the flu or some dumb shit. I don't think people thoroughly understand um, the severity of literally, I, I want to say after 2005 to the end of his career, he was basically hurt every single year. That's pain. By the way, see, that's, what, okay, so it's pain. That's painful, and he never went after the game. And when they asked him why he missed the game-winning shot, he never said it's because of never. his finger. And he never – that's the same reason why I really respect Kyle Lowry in the championship run. He had a, he had a I think it was his fucked-up finger. Mm. He needed surgery. He didn't tell nobody about it. Yeah, He mentioned it in an interview afterwards. But it's like you don't know what other injuries Kobe was dealing with because yeah. he wouldn't tell you. Yep. He would just play through them. And – so it's like, wow, all right. So the person that had the biggest influence in my life growing up outside of family passed away. And then it's like, all right, fuck, man. Um, how do I deal with that? Well, I'm looking for answers. How the fuck does a helicopter go down? What happened? And then you're hearing all these different reports. Like, I don't know what you want to believe, but helicopters don't just drop out the sky. Something happened. Was it the weather? Did the pilot fuck up? Who fucked? Like, I need an answer. And it's like, the part that was frustrating for me is that when someone dies um, deep into their life, there's at least a sense of closure that they accomplished a lot of what they set out to do. But with Kobe, the part that hurt me the most was that he wasn't even close to being done. And now we don't get none of that. And his family doesn't get none of that. And I don't even know how they're going to deal because you lose um, Gigi and your father. Yeah. And then they just have to go about life. And you know how L.A. is. Paparazzi is going to be all over her. for. But it's like she doesn't even have space to breathe yeah. Vanessa. And it's like. What's also crazy is that. I mean, imagine if, I mean you because they met when they were um, teenagers. That's Ima unbelievable, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, imagine meeting someone when you're a teenager. And then because since Kobe went into the NBA when he was a teenager. Basically, your entire life knowing that person, you have to share them with the world. 
Because she, it wasn't as if like they had a regular marriage or anything like that. It's not like he just came home every single night or at the same time and stuff like that. And that was also a huge reason why Kobe took a step away from the NBA because a lot of people thought he was just going to like be a, an announcer or an analyst or something like that. And he was like, nah, I want to You know how much money they throw at Kobe to yeah, I know. sit there and do commentary for ESPN or TNT or whatever? But, but understandably so, he, he was like, nah, I want to spend time with my family. I mean, I just sat there and dedicated 20 years of my life doing something that, you know, took me away from them to the point where I had to opt in to ride a helicopter back and forth to even get shit, spend more time with them. I want to spend more time with them. And then like they they're getting accustomed to having their father there every morning when they wake up, every afternoon. She's accustomed to spending more time with him and having more moments that made her fall in love with him to begin with. And that was literally, it's only been, it's not even been four full years yet. Yeah, It hasn't even been four years yet. And the fact that all of that stuff has been taken away from them. And so again, I just want to harp on the fact that, because especially someone, I don't know, um, Another thing I realized on Twitter, because uh, also I saw this from Dom2K as well, that a lot of people aren't really that familiar with death. I don't know if you are. No. Yeah. So I, I think that's coming from someone who is way more familiar with death than a lot of people at my age. I think that's the point. That, that's a part of um, death that even though it comes across as very selfish in some capacity, um, people don't really recognize what happens to the people after those people pass away who who left a, a very massive impact in their lives. And so that's the point I just keep driving home is that like the fact that like for years, she's just been raising daughters and raising children and being around and just have to like sacrifice what every, everyone else, even, even like regular basketball. Life. Yeah. You sacrifice your own life, but even regular basketball players don't commit to basketball to the same extent as Kobe. Not even so close. so it's like even even as a regular basketball wife, she was still sacrificing way mm-hmm. more than anyone else was and just literally started to get into the groove of this concept of just having him around more often and now that's that's just gone and yeah, yeah that's, that shit is crazy. What an impossible situation she's in. Like I can't even imagine what the last few days were like for her. Yeah. No clue cuz that is <sighs> I'm not gonna lie, Kobe was the reason I wanted to get a helicopter. It was a dream of mine. I was gonna, I already, ha- I already did the research on what it takes to get your license. Six months, surprisingly pretty easy. Um, he Crazy. just, need- <laughs> and I was like, I'm, and you'd be surprised how cheap helicopters are. It's like 150 thousand for like a two seater oh. used helicopter. Oh, 150. Yeah, but you would think helicopters are millions. The military ones are millions, mm. but you, I mean, for the one Kobe's riding was probably worth millions and millions because it's it, that, it how sat many people? Nine people? people. Yeah, that's that's a big ass helicopter. Um, but then I was like, man, I don't, I don't know anymore about that. And the thing is, I don't really know. I didn't, I don't have any closure, man. I don't have any closure. Not that I need it, but I just, and maybe it's cause I haven't really dealt with situations where people like most of my family, um, no, just about everybody in my family is, is still alive and I speak to them regularly. So I've never been in a situation where it's like, all right, something or somebody that I cared about or that meant a lot to me is no longer there. You can't do nothing about it. It was like, okay, what happened? We don't know. I feel like that's happened to me every year of my life since sixth grade. That's an unbelievable. Like family? Yeah. yeah, family. Jesus, dude. Like almost, almost maybe not every, every year, but like definitely majority of the years from sixth grade until now. Because even when we first moved into the house, somebody passed away. Like literally the yeah, next day I woke I up, somebody passed away. So yeah. So yeah, like that to me is just, yeah, it's, it's fairly frequent, frequent and... I don't, I mean, to be honest with you, I don't, I mean, there's no real way to deal with it except for just time. I mean, there's, there's not, 
There's there's literally no real real way to deal with it because even when you say closure, um, well, the, Kobe wasn't as connected um with you as your family, but when you when you think of closure, you always think of like you then start to like regret certain things and always um, beat yourself up for things that quite frankly, you had no control over when you try to look for closure. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, maybe cause Kobe wasn't as close um, to his family and definitely, I mean, there's not really much you can do with a helicopter, yeah. but um, I, I always wanted to meet him though. And yeah, I did too. And I, yo, I swear it was part of my motivation to just grind. Cause I wanted to meet Kobe and Dave Chappelle. That's all I really wanted. I, and man, I said this on the pod. I'm pretty sure. Um, but I've said this to countless people in my life, like I, what I would do for a 10 minute convo with Kobe just to talk to him. So he knows like, yo, I exist and this is what you did for me, man. And I'll never be able to do that. And you know, what's fucked up is I feel like a lot of the things I was thinking about after he passed away was about like how it would impact me. Cause it's like his family is going through a ton of shit, yeah. but the fact that we could all reflect on how a guy we've never met for the most part impacted us. And how we're going to be losing out. Just imagine what his family's going through. So it's like you see the reaction of everybody huddling around Staples Center. Artists are doing paintings. And mm-hmm. like you see all this unbelievable support. Even people on 2K were doing 24-second violations yeah. just in support of Kobe. And I've, I, don't, I don't think I've ever in my life seen an event, if we're going to call this tragedy, that um, bring people together so much. And it was the most beautiful thing to see, man. And it made me so happy that whether you like Kobe or you didn't, whether you watched basketball or you didn't, you knew how important he was to the world. And now that he's gone, you pay that respect forward. And it's like, we could do that. We could all pay that forward by being a little bit more like Kobe. And so I'm not going to lie, the last few days, I've kind of just like, I've been on top of my shit. Like, it took me a couple days to kind of like, just let it settle in that it's real. It's not fake. I shouldn't be startled by it every time I see it on a title. But it's like, now I have to take over. It's like, he just dropped gems, low for 41 years. He sat there and showed us. He gave us a blueprint on how to take over. You don't have to be gifted in every area. You don't have to be the tallest, the quickest. You just have to outwork people. And so it's like, I subscribe to that mindset. Every and you know, I think on the last part or the one before, um, I was talking about how like a lot of your life is biological. Mm. That's one hundred percent true. I believe that. But Kobe wasn't biologically the tallest. Or you mentioned he yeah. didn't have the longest wingspan, but he outperformed plenty of people who had bigger wingspans. Yeah, I'm gonna just outwork people. And um, yeah, every year I feel like I've been doing a better job of that. And so it's like this kind of lit a fire. And it's like if if Kobe would want me to do anything. If you want anybody to do anything, it'd be to maximize your potential, to to meet that same level of excellence. Just think about like, um, that was a fascinating story. That was the first time I saw it when you uh, quote tweeted and you found the clip. um, Kobe wanted Pau Gasol to like strengthen up. Yo, Pau, stop being so fucking soft all the time. And was it an international? You you tell the story because you probably know it better than me. Well, that's actually, and I don't know if you're going to give your favorite Kobe moment. That's like that whole year on the 2009, 2008 leading to 2009 season, easily my favorite Laker team, my favorite Kobe moments are all captured in that one um, year. But yeah, to kind of give a um, background story to it. So in 2008, the Lakers lose to the Boston Celtics. And um, th- actually, throughout that entire postseason run, people were kind of 
piling up on Powell because he was getting, you know, babied by a whole bunch of big men. Um, because in the finals, they played the Celtics, who had Kevin Garnett, and he definitely going to bully you. And then in the uh, conference finals, they had Tim Duncan, who was bullying him as well. And, and uh, Powell might have averaged like 15 and 9 in the conference finals. It was legit Kobe putting out like 35 and 5 on 50% just to get into the conference finals. <laughs> so then Kobe does all that stuff, and then they, um, they end up losing to the Celtics. And um, Kobe, leading, even leading up to the Olympics, was sitting there like making these um, passive-aggressive statements in the media and stuff like that. Things that people used to kill Kobe for, but now you know people adore him for it. <laughs> <laughs> and he would just be saying, we're, we're soft, we got to get better, yada, yada, yada. And sometimes even Phil would say it as well. So it was clear that that wasn't getting to Powell's head yet. So it was, it was clear. So then... Fast forward to the summer of 2008, and um, it's the Olympics. And be very mindful as well that Kobe didn't play in the uh, 2004 Olympics because he had the off-court stuff with the trial and stuff like that. I think he was also dealing with injuries. And um, so this is his first Olympics that he's in. So he's, like, going hard, and they get all the way to the gold medal games, and they're facing Spain. And on Spain, um, Ricky Rubio's on that team, Rudy Fernandez on that team, and, of course, Pal Gasol's on the team. So literally – like in the first two or three possessions of the game, Kobe's on the other side. He's on the um, left side on on defense. I think he's actually guarding Ricky Rubio. And then Rubio hands it off to someone. He goes on over to the right, and on the other side of the um, elbow, he sees Powell, and Powell's setting a screen for him to let Kobe on to let Rubio get by. So because um, Kobe's guarding him, Kobe sees Powell. And like, doesn't like jog through the the. the uh, he doesn't jog through it. He doesn't like try to do like the two K animation. We kind of go around the the screen. Kobe hits the like he just runs right through Powell. Like literally rams right through him to the point where everyone has to like pause and look like, yo, what's y'all good? <laughs> and even LeBron is like, yeah, that's your that's your teammate. Like y'all 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 doing that? And after he runs through him. Powell, like, literally falls off his feet, slides, like, two feet back. And then Kobe, like, walks up to him and looks down at him like, so what you going to do about it? I'm like, all right, all right. Powell gets up. They get in their face. And then all it was, though, was um just Kobe mentally playing games with him because he was like, yo, you got to get tough enough. Like, if somebody run into you, you got to be solid. or you Because that was a very huge gripe with Powell is that he wouldn't set solid screens. And so he's like, you got to be better than that. So then what's even crazier is um, Kobe's now is in foul trouble. I don't know if people know this. People don't know this. Yeah, Kobe's in foul trouble and LeBron's in foul trouble. They set both of them out before the first period even ends. But they still win the game because Kobe comes back and has, like, literally one of the greatest stretches in, in, um, uh, in basketball Olympic history in the fourth quarter to bring him back in the game to win the um, game and win the gold medal. Gets the gold medal, and um, they go back. And uh, to go back to L.A. and stuff like that and getting ready for the next season. And Kobe hang, he gets the gold medal. He brings it to the Lakers facility, hangs the gold medal up in Powell's locker, <laughs> gets there early so Powell can, like, he can see Powell's reaction. And then he looks, he looks in his locker. He sees the gold medal hanging up. Kobe stands up, and he comes up next to him. He says, now look, Powell, you lost in the 2008 finals. <laughs> You lost in the 2008 Olympics. 
this year when we get to the finals, I'll make it three times in a row. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so just just mad disrespectful. <laughs> but from that moment on, they understood, which is why my favorite Kobe moment is when um, in the 2009 finals, they had been trying to work out their timing when it comes to the pick and roll and pal sets literally what Kobe was describing as the greatest pick and roll he's, he's ever played with because he set the pick, they rolled to the basket and um, they're literally identical with one another. And like the crazy part about it is the reason why also it's a great moment for me is because at the time I didn't necessarily thoroughly understand basketball to that degree. And Kobe's one of the very few people after a post game who would actually explain the things that he was doing on the court. So he's literally explaining it. And then there's also a clip where him and Power going, he's going crazy. They just won a finals game. And they're like one or two games away from winning a championship. And the first thing he says to Power is, that screen you set was crazy because we were right next to one another. It frees up the de- defense. <laughs> I was just able to dump it off to you real quick. And you laid it up. And the reason why that played, that was a huge role to me is because I was playing basketball at that time. And we had like some dude on our team who was a star. And the coach really ain't teaching you nothing. So the star going crazy. And I set the screen for him, rolled off. I got the basket. He gave it. He dumped it all to me. And I was like, why are you dumping it all to me? But I laid it up, and that was a game-winning shot. Mm. But I didn't understand why he gave it to me, how I was that open, and, like, what was going on. And because, obviously, we, were, we weren't, like, in, we were recreational. So nobody didn't have, like, the camera. And we watched it back. None of that <laughs> stuff. But I ended up winning the game off of that. And I didn't really understand the nuances of a pick and roll until Kobe broke it down that season. So that's actually what got me into basketball and that would make me fall in love with it and obviously fall in love with Kobe even more. But yeah, that that dynamic between Kobe and Powell was hilarious. And also he did that shit and Powell was, I think he was on an expiring contract. So he just ran into Powell. He was talking mad shit to Powell and Powell could have been like, man, fuck this, I'm out. Powell could have just left. Powell literally could have just left. And, and was, he only knew Powell for like a few months before the 2008 finals. And he was just like, Man, fuck this, bro. I'm out. Like, they, it's not like they had like some crazy repertoire, or nothing like that. It's crazy, yeah. Kobe's outrageous, bro. I loved hearing. I would, I would, fam, to the point where I wanted to hear every story. I wanted to watch every interview just so I could learn as much about him as possible. Because every time I heard a new story, I'd be like, the fact that people like him exist, like, is unbelievable yeah. and is an absolute blessing. Yeah, because it's not a lot of them, man. It's no, like it's a not. small handful, and we lost one, which makes it very, very sad. I say, um, my favorite Kobe moment was when he dropped eighty-one on Toronto because mm. I was in Toronto. So the night it happened, dead silence. You know, <laughs> next day we had to get up and go to school. You know, um, mom's like, mom's making me cereal and shit, and um, I watch on the TV, and you're just watching it back on Sports Center, like, no, he, this, okay, this happened. Yeah. On us, this happened on us, <laughs> and everybody was blaming Jalen Rose, um, which is crazy because he wasn't he wasn't the only one who was who was defending him either. Uh, so then we went to school, and um, I don't know how your school works, but we had like um, class, thirty minute recess, class, one hour lunch, and then class, and then you go home. No, so before way. school, everyone's like, "Wait, what's what? How how were you when this happened?" I was young. I was like in maybe grade four or five. Okay, okay. So um, we like every everyone got to school early, and we all just kind of we because when anytime something interesting happened, it was all we talked about to start school. Like yo, you see, yeah, you yeah, see, yeah. you yeah. see this team drop one hundred forty points. We, we did that. So we did that. So yeah. So um, everyone, no one wanted to say anything <laughs> that morning. <laughs> no one wanted to say anything, and uh, eventually, 
it just got to the point where like we didn't even want to go to class no more because we're like oh, he just he just embarrassed us he just dropped 81 on us but it wasn't like we were angry at kobe we're almost celebrating it as if like man fuck the raptors <laughs> <laughs> how you let 81 get dropped oh, on you man uh and so it, that's kind of when at least for us i don't know how it was for you like you know, at that point, you're shouting Kobe every time you put up buckets. Yeah. Every, when you're in class, you're shouting Kobe every time you, in ah, 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 the garbage, boom. I used to do it all the time in Sunday school, but that's kind of when, at least for me and my group of friends, um, that's when we became fascinated with it. And, like, we just started to take worse shots in recess because we are like, oh, we saw Kobe do that <laughs> shit last night. <laughs> Kobe hit the fade from three, so I'm going to start pulling up from fades. And uh, we used to, almost every recess we played basketball. Unless it was snowing, we'd play tackle football in the snow. But we almost always played basketball. Yeah. And uh, we were never really a great basketball school. It was a bunch of whole lot of mediocre players. So I was, like, I was one of the better players just because our school wasn't that nice. So I had the opportunity to that throw That definitely up. wasn't yeah. nice. Yeah. <laughs> so I had the opportunity to throw up my little Kobe shots. But, yeah, that was – I'll never forget that morning. Because I forgot most of the mornings and the stuff we would talk about. Yeah. But that morning when he dropped 81, we knew we weren't going to forget it. Also, um, because I, I never said this before yet, but um, rest in peace to my, my coach. At, and when I was in high school, my coach just passed away, Coach Strickland. Is that, like, recently? Yeah, recently, yeah. Wow. Yeah. So then um, I say that because it's funny because the same thing, um, the, uh, the 2010 Western Conference Finals where they did that shit against the Suns, mm-hmm. just ridiculous. <laughs> so it was, you know, like people are, y'all know Jared Dudley now because Jared Dudley be talking mad shit like he did last year. He been doing that. He he was on the 2010 Suns. He would, Jared Dudley would literally, I know he's like said Kobe's great now, but back then, obviously, he was trying to get into Kobe's head. He would like go on interviews and be like, ah, Kobe's not really that good. He, he just he just makes a lot of bad shots. <laughs> and he, he would just sit there and say, it's really easy to guard Kobe. All you have to do is just make him go left. And that was around that time where people legitimately thought, like, if you just made Kobe go left, he would just, he would, what you call it? He, would, he wouldn't make that many shots. So everybody remembers that series when Kobe like did the pump fake on Grant Hill and he didn't bite and still pulled up and made that three mm-hmm. and then Pat average entry in the back and then ran off. I, I remember that series because of that as well, but I remember that series because I think if you watch games two, three and four, but definitely I believe game two and three, he was just taking any and everybody on the left to prove the point to Jared Dudley, like, I can get off wherever I really want to. It's, not, it's nowhere near. And if you read, I'm telling you, go back and rewatch that series. Because it used to be like, um, who was the other guard? He wasn't on the team back. Oh, Raja, but he used to say dumb shit like that too. But they used to always go back and forth. But he used to be like, man, I can get off wherever I really want to. And so go rewatch that series, especially games two and three. And you'll just see him, like, take Jared Dudley and be like, bro, this is what we're doing, bro. I'm taking you on the left. And he would just ice it out and be like, yeah, I'm making it. There's nothing you can do about this. I'm making okay, it. And that's that. Oh, man. <laughs> I wish I had just a fraction of that attitude. Like, that's, yeah, you can, you can try. <laughs> yeah, you can, yeah, you can, you can try to you can try to stop me. But and this, it was it was so noticeable, too, because in game one, he was going to the right. And then literally when Jared Deli said, he was like, all right, so I'm on the left now. I'm exclusively going this way. Only on the left. <laughs> and there's literally nothing that you can do. <laughs> I remember, yo, what series was it? I believe it was in 2007. It was like at the end of the season and the Lakers were just like, they were a fringe playoff team. I think they were like in the eighth seed or something like that. Mm-hmm. They desperately needed to win the game. It might have been in 07 against the Trailblazers. 
Um, this is when I really knew like Kobe was my favorite player because I was like, nobody else makes me feel like that when they play basketball. Dude, like, okay, so there's a few seconds left. They're down three. He hits an unbelievably contested shot from limitless range to put it into overtime. And then you're thinking, all right, man, it's over. Kobe's taking over. Overtime comes around. If that wasn't already the best shot of the year, then he outdid himself in overtime because he put up another three-point shot, even more contested. Maybe one of those three-pointers where he has to bend his body in ridiculous ways yeah, just yeah. to get the shot off. Yeah. Then it hits. And to do that two times in one game is so unbelievable, especially in a game that mattered so much. I got... I, I haven't watched in a couple years, but I've been going back and just watching clips like that. Just I don't think it was. I think it was a little early, but I know exactly. I know what you're talking about. Unbelievable! I know exactly what you're that. talking about. I was like, "Yo, ridiculous!" <laughs> I tried that a couple times in recess. Ah, you said we're down one. Ah, ah, air ball. <laughs> I'll, I'll, get, yo, I'll give Kobe this. This a lot of credit for this because again, this is the reason why I fell in love with basketball because he actually started explaining like what yeah, he was doing. Yeah. Because any any and every other player up into that moment really was not depicting like what they would do to like prepare themselves for those moments. Mm -hmm. So when he would make shots like that, and when you were younger, of course you was telling yourself like, Oh, those those must be good shots because Kobe's making them. So you used to like when you're younger, you could you condition yourself to believe that. But then when you got older and you start to really get into it and he starts to explain even more what he would do, then you're like, Oh, so that's why he makes those shots because because mm-hmm. he literally works a million on times. The, a million times getting the gym at five o'clock in the morning. Practice with the team and then still stays after. Okay, so that's why he, that's why he can take and make those shots. He was he was such an excellent player, though. That if a person came on the Lakers and then had a miserable run and left, I knew it was because they were ass. You Facts. know what I mean? Because you just Facts. you weren't built for it. Facts. Because you were tested and you couldn't manage. Facts. And um, it was oh man, it's been a really like after the initial um, true depression, what it felt like. I didn't even want to move. I was on my couch the whole day. Uh, after that first moment, just to hear people come out with their stories made me so happy because um, I was just learning so much about him that I never knew. And you'd hear stories about stuff he didn't practice, and you're like, wow. He did, like, and I, I wish you would mention, why did why did you all wait, man? I would have loved to hear these stories sooner. Which what, what are you talking about? You're talking about the one where he, uh, he gave them the shoes and he took it back? No, nah, tell me that one because I never heard that one. <laughs> he, I was talking about the one with Nick Young in practice. I believe it was um, in, like, 2013 or something like that. Uh, where Nick Young was injured, but Kobe didn't believe he was injured. Oh, yeah, yeah, and he's yeah. like, oh, you go stop lying. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and Nick Young just had to play through a fucking injury to prove to Kobe that he wasn't lying. <laughs> no, it's, it's around that same time. Because I, I, I want to say it's 2013 or maybe 2012. And he gave the whole team, um, like, the new Kobe sneakers and exclusive. He was like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And then they went out there and they lost so bad. <laughs> he took him back. He was like... Like, y'all don't deserve none of this And literally took back the shoe He's like y'all not wearing none of my shoes bro Y'all not, y'all not wearing them Oh my god Yeah he used to Kobe is sick Kobe was a borderline sociopath With the stuff he used to do Oh my god Yeah that's fucking unbelievable He's now No you can't represent me like that like, what, are you, what are you doing Like what are you What are you oh. And that's only What's crazy is That's only like the older Kobe When he used to He can get away Get away with a lot more of that shit mm-hmm. Because in the early stages He had to like fight Shaq To get that type of power Yeah And like I So I've seen Shaq in real life I've seen Shaq and Barkley in real life Shaq is like Shaq, like when people say people are big and tall, like, like they say that until mm-hmm. you actually see him. And I'm like, oh, this, 
This nigga's like really, really, really big. <laughs> so Shaq is like huge. And this is, I was not even like in the NBA Shaq. This is post NBA Shaq. I've seen him. Mm-hmm. And so like, I'm like, yeah, you like, you're big. And I immediately thought to myself, like, there's no way I could ever get in the NBA. <laughs> is that, because you're, if, you're, if there's people even remotely close to you, that's ridiculous. But then to even think like, Kobe looked at you and was like, we're fighting. Like, like to even like to even come to that conclusion after looking at Shaq, <laughs> it's ridiculous. And the fact that he looked at Shaq is like, no, we yeah, we fighting today. And that and he told that story when he when Kobe, him and Shaq was um sitting down, and he was like, yeah, I was uh, I was driving up to um the facility, and I was telling myself like, I'm gonna get there, we're gonna have a couple words, then we're gonna fight, and then that's it. And I'm looking at him like, what? Like who said? Like who even like rationally says, "Yeah, I'm gonna get to a facility. And I'm gonna fight a seven two three hundred and fifty. <laughs> like who says that? Who even who rationally tells them that that's what they're gonna do? And then literally went there and was like, "Yeah, this this what we doing?" And thought that that was okay because he was like, "Oh no, we just this how we just express ourselves." Man, that man was a you know sociopath. But I that's again very similar to what we were saying about Kevin Hart. Never, you'll never work hard in that. Yeah, I don't even know how it's possible to do that. I wish I knew. I wish I could do that for a day just to see what it's like. Just to like never stop, always be on 100. I don't know if I got to do a whole day, but just to like get up at five in the morning, work out one work time, out, work, and then wait for the wait for your people to get there, the team to get there, and then practice with them, and then stay after and keep getting shots up. That's Unbelievable! Crazy. That's crazy. That's crazy. I loved seeing the videos more than anything when like Kobe would. Oh, yo! Do you remember that one story? Maybe you could refresh it for me because I haven't heard it in years. Where um, Kobe shot poorly in a game, and so he stayed after to shoot around. But he's he stayed for a while. So at like four or five a.m., he called one of his trainers, and then his trainer came to help like rebound for him and help him with some mm. drills and shit. And then eventually his trainer got tired, and so he went home. And then Kobe still practiced. That trainer woke, woke up, back up and, and came to up. the gym in the morning like, and he was still hooping. He was like, he's like, well, where you at? He was like, I'm still in the gym. That's insane. Like, Ridiculous. That's the best player on the team, though. This is not the bum ass 13th yeah, guy in the rotation trying to work his. That is the best player coming to the conclusion that he needs to get better. What the fuck are the rest of the 12 people doing? Their house chilling, bro. Unbelievable, and that's the reason why when we, when everybody now looks at like, cause I had um my, my younger cousin was like, why people? Cause this is when um like Ben Simmons and um, Carly Towns are playing video games, and so my um my younger cousin asked me like, why are people memeing him, like making fun of him and stuff like that? Mm-hmm. I said that like you don't know what a meme is, um, <laughs> like I'm not the authorized <laughs> meme raider on the internet. <laughs> are you out of your mind? <laughs> um, yeah, I don't, and like it's weird because like. The reason why he doesn't know that is because he doesn't know Kobe like that. Mm-hmm. Because the reason why we mean them is like, if you ever was in a situation where y'all was losing that much, and like you just decided to play video games, Kobe would like like me. Kobe would literally like just start fighting you. Like, bro, what are you doing? Come to your house to yeah, fight we, you. we come. I'm picking you up. Yeah. Or he and he. Um, it's too me story. I'm not gonna go into that. That story. He did something similar to that too, where he um. It was especially when they were younger. He was like, you know, they were going out partying and stuff like that. He was like, all right, cool, cool, cool. Yeah, we'll party. We'll go out and party. Yeah. So we went out. We'll party with them. They got back at like three. Two hours later, he's at the door 
Banging on the door like, let's go, bro. I, love it. I can't. Let's I go. Let's, 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 get this, let's get this work in. <laughs> and, then, and, then, and then Kobe was, and they were like, bro, we just got in. He was like, nah, if y'all got time to play around, y'all, y'all definitely got time Fuck, to get this work man. in. Fuck. I'm never going to get this any time. new stories, man. I, I can listen to that. We need, somebody needs to make a book of all the stories. I've read that shit 20 times over. I'm, I'm, I'm making. When I get the nerd, because I haven't even watched Kobe highlights, I haven't seen the Shaq shit yet. I haven't got to that yet. So the Shaq one was very, very sad, man. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't think I could. I haven't listened to Shaq, Derek Fisher. I have not read that Lamar Odom post. I have not read the Pau Gasol post. Anybody who's like really played with Kobe, I have never, because I know I can't even. Every, the the Doc Rivers what, what got me because I was just I thought I was going to listen to somebody else kind of like casually, calmly go through it, but then Doc was like literally. Talking through tears mm-hmm. And I was like oh, Okay so Doc is Doc looking like that I already know Shaq Is crying I already know yeah. Byron Scott And D Fish And, and all them I know they, they crying So I can't I can't watch that yet It was um, Okay so now that like I have a little bit of clout I've been in circles sometimes Where like The people That I'm talking to Actually have Good relationships With NBA players mm-hmm. And so I'll hear stories About certain players And shit they do Like that you'll never Hear on camera Yeah and you'd be surprised. You'd think that, like, you'd have to work your ass off to be in the NBA. And that's true. I'd say every NBA athlete is a top 1% at least yeah. in terms of work ethic. Yeah. But to stay in the NBA, you need to be top 0.001%. Yep. That's the only way you have a long career. <clears throat> and I'd hear stories sometimes about certain athletes that could have done so much, mm-hmm. but they weren't able to do it. And I just think to myself, like, and some of these people have played with Kobe, these stories. I mean, like, yeah. they'd be out in the club for way too long. And they'd show up to late to practices. And you just think to yourself that everybody in the NBA is working Kobe hard. But no. nobody is. Kobe's working Kobe hard. Everyone's trying to catch I up. I don't want to get into that story. But yeah, Kobe has a story about that as well. Where he, no, 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 I'm not, really enjoying these stories. But it's not, it's not even like Craig. He was just seeing how um, when he got into the league, he started to realize like he thought what he did was normal. So mm-hmm. he, just, he just to go around, just work, <laughs> work, work really, really hard. And like people used to like just tell him like, hey yo, bro, like like we like say some stuff like, hey yo, bro, we just in the preseason. And he was like, <laughs> So what? Like, what do you what do you mean? So then he started like really start to gather at a very, very early age where he was like, Oh, so y'all don't work like this? Y'all don't y'all don't work like this isn't like what y'all do since this is the only thing that we doing anyway. Mm-hmm. And so then because I think that was when Kobe, I think that's when I started to realize um the amount of time that NBA players have that is just free time. Yeah, where like after they get done practicing, especially now where they don't really do back to backs on practice and stuff like that. When they, once they get done practicing for those four hour, four or five hours out of the day, like that's it. Like they're mm-hmm. done for literally the rest of the day and may not even have to work out tomorrow, or they might just catch a flight to a game and come back, and then they don't have to work out the next day. Like there's nothing mandatory to do. Yeah. So then Kobe would just be like working out, constantly working out, working out, working out, and like people would just show up to the gym. And he's like, "Are you still here?" And then they'll leave. And he's still there. And then, like, they would literally, people, like, pull him aside, like, hey, yo, bro, like, you ain't got to, you don't have to work that hard. And he was like, of course he does. What? <laughs> and then, like, to the point, to the point where, um, <laughs> it was a, it was this, I can't remember what it was, uh, um, oh, it was Byron Scott, where he was saying, like, how, um, no, 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 it was, um, Brian Shaw. He was saying the only reason why he made the team for the Lakers is because they didn't necessarily know, um, how things were going to pan out with some of their guards. And so then he started to see how Kobe was working, and he was like, "Oh no, like yeah, he gonna he gonna stay like that. That's the only way to even stay in the NBA." But like he was just sitting there saying, "Like I thought I thought everybody just to do this, 
But then once he realized he was an outlier, he was like, oh, yeah. like." But that's okay. So that's what I respect so much, because if you're surrounded by people not working as hard as you, you're going to be inclined to meet them at their level, which is what I think happens to plenty of players in plenty of professional leagues all around the world. So for him to not only ignore the fact that most people on his team aren't going to work nearly as hard as him, but then become one of the most dominant players in NBA history and still continue to do that. Because I'll tell you this. There's times where, like, even when I'm competitively gaming, where I'll win a game against a team, or that team is ass. I'm going to take it easy on them. Not that I'm going to take it easy on them, but I'm not going to go 100% because I don't think I need to. Mm -hmm. I don't think there's a single game where Kobe didn't go 100%. Whether he didn't shoot well or not, he went 100%. And if you do that consistently, you win championships. Yeah. And it's not that other people are lazy. It's just that it's very fucking hard to be that focused for that long. That's something you have to... You had to train yeah. that. And it's, it's so fucking difficult to do. So it's like... It's, and it's not even really a... Well, it's partially it's a body thing, but it's also just like to like mentally yes. have yourself prepared every day for that long to just be able to just do what he did. And that's also why I respect Jimmy Butler as well, because that's that was a huge reason why he left the Sixers, is because he was like... Yeah. He could tell. You can just look at Embiid and Simmons and tell, like, yeah, they're not really... They're not, not really about the life. They're yeah. not really about the process. And as, and as much potential like as those two have, Jimmy... I, you know Jimmy outworks him. And it's not even... Sometimes not you, even, you yeah. see... watch When you watch the games, you could tell he outworks yeah. them. Because he's there on defense, he's there on offense, exactly. and he's doing all the little things. Exactly. Which is why it's a fucking shame, on a side note, that he wasn't a starter in the All-Star game. A, a, a tragic shame. <laughs> How you put? And I, no, love, I, I love, love Trey. Yeah, yeah, I love Trey Young. I love, I love Trey Young. Let me, let's look at that straight. I love Trey Young, but let's just the, the people kill me with the whole numbers argument. Because like another great, like a great example, of the numbers argument not really working is Kimba. Last year he was on a bad team that wasn't wasn't, wasn't winning games. They didn't make the playoffs. He was putting up literally the best numbers of his career. Yeah. Now he's on a team where they are winning. He's not putting up those same numbers, but it's very obvious that he has to sacrifice to put put his team in a position to win games. So how are we? I understand we gotta you know people on bad teams. You can't you know can't you know you, you can't um I don't know what the word is. You now. get what you mean. Yeah, you can't neglect them and stuff like that. You can't overlook them for all star votes. I get that, but. You definitely, we definitely not going to overlook somebody who putting in the work to help his team win, especially when the Miami Heat are nowhere near as good as people thought they were. And a lot of that has to just do with the fact that that whole team grinds hard. But yeah, Jimmy Butler is one of them people where it's just like, I know for a fact that man just works. Yeah. And you can clearly tell he works. And that's the reason why a lot of players in the NBA ain't really, that's the reason why I don't, that's, that's the thing. I'm, I don't know if I'm going to even be able to like fuck with the NBA the same way. Yeah. Like I still like yeah. it. I still love the league, of course, but I don't know if I'll be able to fuck with the league the same way. Cause not only is Kobe not here, like I saw like um, Devin Booker was getting off in the mid range. Um, yeah, that last was night. beautiful. The other and night. I was like, the fact that people don't do that anymore, just because niggas sitting here talking about analytics and talking about, oh, we got to get the pick and roll to switch, dribble, drive, kick out to the three. Like, I'm tired of that shit. Shit. Let me get some mid-range action. Look at the triple threat. Look at the <laughs> dribble pull up. Man, that shit right there, bro. Yeah, I agree. But yeah, the fact that Kobe is going, yeah, that's kind of tough. There needs to be a book, man, with stories or like a series on ESPN. Also, ESPN is bugging. When they replay that 60-point game, I was like, yo, why are they running ads in the 60-point game? But all right, bet it's ESPN, I guess. I wouldn't I like if I was them, I wouldn't run ads. Why are you profiting off the guy? But Late in the third quarter, they were like, oh, yeah, there's going to be no ads for the rest of the third quarter and the fourth quarter. And I just got done watching more ads throughout the fourth quarter. I was like, y'all just said there was going to be no ads. So you want to transition to that? 
I don't know what what transcends to ESPN. To, no, no, to the to the people that um, bad content creators putting ads on the Kobe shit. Oh, that's I didn't. I'm not gonna lie. I didn't watch any of that Kobe content except from like um, the people that knew yeah, him. Yeah. I didn't watch like the YouTube videos. Briefly, I like I don't know what's wrong with y'all niggas. Like like some of y'all, I don't, I don't get it. Like I don't know what planet y'all grew up on. I don't know who raised y'all, but like some of y'all like literally put out videos. Hours after the news broke, and then like had the audacity to put ads Bear on the video. Ad. I saw Bear one. Ads. I saw I run news video. I didn't watch it, but um, uh, people toasted. sent it to me on. Yeah, toasted. Put people it on sent it to me, and it's like, yo, did you did you actually watch the clip he sent? No, the clip was like, um, it was right when everything was breaking, and he was like, um, and he was he was basically recreated Kobe in two K, I guess, mm. and he was playing with Kobe, and he did it in like a matter of a couple hours, which means like he heard the news and was like. He didn't even like think like, oh man, what yeah. about his family? Or wow, that he just went, oh, let's make a video, boom, picked up a controller, and then he like the, this is how the conversation, this is how the video went. All right, guys, all right, guys, man, R.I.P. Man, all right, guys. Oh, we're just hearing that all four of his daughters might have been on the helicopter. See, oh, that, man, and then he the next thing he said, low was drop a like. And I lost all the respect I had. And I only met him a couple times because um, he is from Toronto, too. Uh, so I bumped into him a couple times. But I don't know much about him. But I just know I wouldn't want to be cool with anyone who does something like that. And I saw, I think, yeah, Tosa was the person I saw yeah. from. But he wasn't the only person. Uh, that's the only clip i seen. But there were plenty of people um, who dropped videos just. And it's fine to do a tribute video or whatever. But it's like, man, first of all, don't monetize it. But if you're going to make the video, at least. Make it celebrating his life. So there's two there's two things that I, that just completely just fucked me up. The first one is the like the, there was like you said before like the news wasn't even straight yet. Like yes. there was still things that were like breaking. There wasn't the only thing that was like a hundred percent sure from the beginning <laughs> was that Kobe is the one who lost his life. But people didn't know who was in the um, helicopter. Even that with wasn't him. certain for like and because the thing happened at ten. We didn't hear about it till yeah, two, two, yeah, two, but yeah. a couple hours went by before it was verified. Yeah, yeah. And anyway, keep going. Yeah, so we so people were like sitting there like making videos about things that wasn't nothing was verified outside of like you said like until later on until the Kobe thing got ver- verified. So then like people are literally making videos, and I get it. If you make news videos, I understand you're trying to um, beat the punch to everybody else, Thanks. but you got to make sure that. The, the first thing you're doing news is not that you're necessarily first is that you're dependable and you're reliable accurate. and you're, everything that you have is accurate. That's what you have. That's your, that should be the main concern. So there's literally people who were just making videos and they were saying things the, that they were saw in that. They just right? saw on tweet that wasn't, that wasn't accurate at all. And so, um, yeah, you said, I run you, I'll name one like flight Mike. He literally, he did that too? yes, I didn't see that one. Literally uploaded a video. The video at first was 10 minutes long. So it was like a few things. The video was 10 minutes long first. Then he said, and put on, on Twitter Man, that's that. That's so disgusting. Then I couldn't. He was like, oh, well, first of all, everybody know I couldn't make any money off it because it was a five minute tribute in the um, video and it got claimed. First of all, that doesn't mean that you, wait, that don't mean that you couldn't monetize it. That means that YouTube determined that you shouldn't monetize it. So let me get that clear. Second of all, then he eventually came back and trimmed up the five minutes. So now it's only a six minute video. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if he's still monetizing or not. But then even in the video, you trying to rush content. And again, the information isn't completely correct. The video has like um, over a million views now. 
Whoa. Exactly. Because I, I booked that too. A lot of the tributes and the content that was being posted around Kobe, even if it was just a reaction from a teammate that cared and loved him, it was getting tons of views. Yeah. And so as a content creator who loves views, your instinct, your content creator mind is like, oh, wow. There's never going to be another opportunity like this where views are like that. Yeah. But then as a human, if you can't ground yourself to then not do that, then you're not, you're, you're a filthy person, man. Filthy. The person is no longer alive. You can make money next week. Yeah, that's, so then, so that's, that's another thing. First of all, filthy, nasty. All that shit y'all doing just nasty. But then... Even if, because I'm not even really, I'm not that that upset about the, um, I'm upset about the monetization as early on, but if you want to make a video later on and it monetize, people make videos about dead people all the time. And so it, I understand that. But like you said, do a tribute or make sure the facts are correct. And the fact that like you're claiming, like people are sitting there claiming like, oh, how much influence Kobe was, like, I don't know how you can say that because you just half-assed made a video. And if there's one person that we all know who definitely wouldn't want you to do anything half-assed, it was Kobe. So you can't sit here and tell me that Kobe's an influence when you just half-assed made a video. Now, I'll say this. There are some people that uploaded reactions. I watched Flight's reaction and Troy Dan live streamed a reaction. Mm -hmm. um, and, I, and it's fine if you're reacting to it because at least in the moment, that's what you were feeling. That's, those are your raw feelings. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it is like a little like man, you just had to jump on the camera off rip. You that's like that's why I'm, that's why it's kind of weird because I couldn't I couldn't even like talk to nobody for a good second. Like I mean, I literally like I was looking, I didn't even want to do anything. Yes, yes, I was done. For yeah. I knew that day I was no. I actually went to the gym later just because I was like Kobe would be pissed if he knew I was sitting here <laughs> on my couch the whole day. But um, I I recognize to a certain degree that. You want to show love, or maybe you just want to tell people how you're feeling, and that's fine. You're a content creator. You deserve to do that. But um, when I get the vibe that, and it's sometimes it's not a vibe. You're very explicit with it, like the I Run You video where you don't give a fuck. Yeah, you just you don't. You just care. wanted to make money yeah, and yeah. get views. It's like, all right, but at least now we know where you stand <laughs> on the spectrum of shitty human beings. Uh, and you're, you're on the far end. You should probably, like... You know, I was gonna say some fucked up shit. I'm gonna keep that yeah. to myself. <laughs> I'm gonna keep that. I'm gonna let you go. I'm gonna let you go. You know, so crazy though. Even Flight Mike went on Twitter to further explain himself, and then in his explanation, he openly admitted that it was a sloppy video. So, it's, oh, you it, know what? I did see him trying to explain himself, but I didn't know what it was for. That's what it was for. So then I'm, I'm literally like, just delete the video, dog, or just not make it monetization, or just private or something. like. You you you're just making it worse because again like you can't sit here and make us say that you're all for Kobe, and then openly admit that you made a sloppy, poorly edited video because 100%. again that's not what Kobe stood for. Nah, that doesn't that doesn't it literally does not make any sense. So I, I'm 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 trying to be extremely lenient with this because for people out there who are on my channel, y'all know I've never made a video about somebody passing away. I don't make videos about. Teenagers playing basketball Because I think that's nasty too Monetizing off of teenagers Playing basketball And in college Especially since they can't Earn no money So I'm, I'm supposed to benefit off them I think that's nasty too And so like There's a lot of things That I just don't talk about When it comes to um, I try to keep it Specifically basketball nah, The high school stuff is valid Because that's content I want to I want to see um, What's his name? James Jr. I just feel Bronny. weird I just feel I weird I want to see Bronny Hoop but I it's just, like if, I didn't care. Oh, no, no, no. I don't. I don't mind like them showing the highlights and stuff like. That, but like me sitting there saying like setting these ex, these ridiculous expectations oh, yeah, for yeah, players. Yeah, I'm okay, like, I'm like, saying, I don't, I, I don't want to do all that. That's kind of weird to me. But I get it. Even if you're a content creator, I, I get it. And that's what that's the type of content you provide. Cool. But I just feel like in the moment of of someone like that passing away, just pause for a second. 
Get the information correct. Make sure you make something of quality. Just don't throw nothing out there just so you can say I'm the first one who uploaded a video on YouTube about this man passing away. And then in the video, you're just getting massive information incorrect or you clearly just don't care about what's going on. You're just talking out your ass. Yeah. Um, Anytime someone passes away. <clears throat> Especially somebody as magnificently influential as Kobe Bryant. Mm, I like that word. Of course, of course. You know, I'm trying to increase my vocabulary. That's what Kobe would have wanted. <laughs> no, but bilingual, uh, right? <laughs> he was speaking in Slovenian. I'm gonna have to learn Slovenian. Which is another crazy thing that he did. That's just. Uh, <laughs> um, I get the thirst for content is serious because I was scrolling through Twitter just trying to see stuff, see stuff, like, 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 like. Yeah. Because like I was like, that's what I wanted. So I, I took a couple of days off YouTube um, just because I didn't, I didn't really want to upload. And I knew because we both make basketball-related content that our audiences were probably really impacted by it more than, I'd say, the average audience of anybody else. Yeah. But then I came to the conclusion that what I was spending most of my time doing was just hearing about the stories of Kobe or watching content just to fill the time because I didn't want to feel the way I was feeling about how he had passed away. Mm-hmm. So then I was like, oh, let me drop this content then. We ended up dropping uh, an episode of the podcast. I just dropped the video today. And it's like a lot of people was like, yo, this is what I needed today, man. Facts. Um, so it's like, <sighs> what? wow. But you you want to convince me to start 2020. Kobe's going to pass away. There's going to be a fucking new virus. We were on the verge of World War Three. It's like, man, God damn. Facts. I was just excited for the decade. And, and now it's like, I don't know how it could get worse. Actually, I could think of a couple ways. There's a couple ways. But. Mm, very like who knows man but yeah i'll never get tired of those kobe stories an that, incredible human being i might make a video like that then i already thought about that anyway you should 100 do it because i think out of everyone you probably already know a whole bunch of stories yeah just yeah. make videos about um stories not like untold stories or stories that not so many people know about yeah and even if it's like nah just say stories this is the best stories even if people heard it before i don't think they'll mind hearing it again oh yeah they, they probably don't mind but I like what like what you saying. You were like, oh, I never heard that. Like, like that that type of vibe is is definitely what I'll be trying to go for. But um, outside of that, though, shout out to Tyler Creator, bro. What he do? We switch switch gears real quick because yeah, I'm, I ain't trying to feel sad no more. What Tyler do? Actually, no, go ahead. What? I don't know what he did. I know he did something at the Grammys. Yeah. So yeah, that that was us about to I don't know the, whole, the whole Grammy situation. How um. He called out. He basically called the Grammys. Long story short. Oh yeah, I saw that. Okay. Yeah, long story short. Um, uh, I think a lady named Debbie called out the Grammys for there being some um racial biases and sexual harassment going behind the scenes at the Grammys and stuff like that. And I was like, Hollywood shit. Okay, all right. Because I mean, that's that's what's going on out there. So then, um, once that stuff broke out, then he asked Tyler how he felt about receiving a Grammy, even though the news are coming out. And then he, um, he had like a great quote. What an impossible question to answer. But he answered it though. Yeah. And he was very, he's very, um, very transparent about What'd what he, he said. Um, he was like, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm kind of conflicted because on one end, you know, you, you win something as, as, um, magnificent. Mm. As um, <laughs> as a Grammy award, but on the flip side, you know, he thoroughly understands the um the the racial undertones that that comes with it and stuff like that, and not understanding that um Igor won for best rap album, and it's not a rap, it's not not, rap not not even yeah. close. But the reason why it won best rap album, or even it was a candidate for best rap album, is because he's black, mm. and so you start to realize that, and you said he sat there and said, you know, you had to end up playing the game if you really want to be acknowledged, and yada yada yada. But the, the quote that he said that was crazy, he was like, it's a it's like a backhand compliment. It's like when 
you're playing a video game and your little brother wants to play, so you hand him the unplug controller. Oh wow! And then you're just sitting there, <clears throat> just to just to appeal to him. So even though he thinks he's having fun, the reality is he's not even really involved with what's really going on. I was like, was it Cole and let Nas down where he had that one quote where he was like, Gooch told me you got to play the game to beat the game or something like that. Yeah. 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 Um, That's facts. That's what Cole had to do. Cole had to make, um, what was the song called? Workout? Workout for me. And um, he got, like, that was his song that hit. Turn that around. Now he has an audience of people that appreciate the content that he but makes. But he now. already had an audience, though. Like, I, don't, I don't think he had to do that, though. But I understand what you're saying. But for his label, he definitely had to, or else they would yeah, not have so that's gave the fu- him a date. That's the fucked up part about it is that they, um, it's really not even, it's a label thing. Because even Joe Budden was talking about how. Um, and he was signed, wasn't he signed to Jay? Yeah. Wow. So it was crazy. Even Joe Budden was um, talking about um, how. Um, I don't know if he was signed to Jay. Let me not say that, but I know they had some type of affiliation. Yeah, for sure. Joe Biden was talking about how, like, if you want to get, even if you want to be nominated, there's like certain games you got to play. Like, you got to go to like these Grammy um, dinners and stuff like that, and shake hands with people. And for you to even be nominated, the um, label has to put your name up. So it's not even like the Grammys oh, are wow. going out of their way to find oh, you out. Have to the, submit? You have to submit. So that means the label submitted him as a rap out, a rap artist. They may, they may have just submitted him and they took him as a rap. Because even when Nikki, even when Nikki was putting out those albums, those pop albums, mm-hmm. they put they it on still the rap. Put a rap. So I'll say this: um, Philip DeFranco's he has like his little um, news thing called Rock Rogue Rocket. Yeah, and they did a video about bias in the Oscars. And if you ever watch that, get a chance to watch it. It's I'm not gonna lie, it was a little long, but um, <laughs> it, it taught me a lot because I didn't know if if there's any movie that gets widespread awards and recognition, just know they paid people to do that. Yeah. That's unbelievable. Yeah. Like you had to one know the right people, and two you just had to bribe your way. And so when I heard um, Moonlight was one of the films that got like a whole bunch of awards, I was like, I, honestly, it looked promising. I've never watched it. It's on Netflix right now, but I refused to watch it because I know the game they had to play to win that award. But I don't. And what's crazy is I think it's more noticeable when everyone knows that like either a some of these albums shouldn't even been, you know, candidates or been nominated. Yes. Yes. And, and also when someone wins and it's like, you clearly should not have won. Like the whole Macklemore situation where he <laughs> won where he won the Grammy the same year that Kendrick Lamar put out Good Kid Mad City. What a fucking shame. And Good Kid Mad City is literally, <laughs> once the decade was over, it was, the it was literally top three. top three album of the decade. And Macklemore's wasn't even anywhere remotely close to being in that conversation. That must just be for like um, that form of entertainment, like music, I guess, and movies. I, I don't know if you know, Young Agent just recently got nominated for a Shorty Award. Mm, and for Shorty or Streamy? Shorty, not Streamy. How'd you do There's that? There's like, I, I ain't submit none. They just put me on there. Mm, I'm technically best in gaming. I knew it was um, something. I didn't know it was a Shorty though. But okay. Yeah. Right. And I didn't, have to, I didn't submit anything. Um, mm, they got their ear to the streets. Okay, to, I don't think so because uh, you know who Azzyland is. No, she was one of the other people that was uh, nominated for best in gaming, and I was like, I don't know much about YouTube, but she's not a gamer. <laughs> you should you should have just asked me. You know who Azzyland is, and so I said no. He's like exactly, exactly. That's it. <laughs> but um, yeah. So I always subscribe to the mindset that. I'm not watching no fucking award show. Never watched one in my life. Only time I'm watching an award show is when I'm winning the award. You know, so I'd sit there and watch, like, the eSport Award, and I'd see, like, Dr. Disrespect there. I mean, it'd make me happy just watching the clip. I'm yeah. not actually going to watch the stream. Uh, just the clips. This is the first time I ever got nominated for um, any award that meant anything. And I'm on, like, a list with um, Fwiz. Uh, top dude at YouTube Gaming, works for Google. Uh, Laser Beam is on the list. So I was mm. like, hmm. 
What was that other award we were looking at? Um, what they said the best sporting YouTube channel. Uh, and, they had, <laughs> and they had Donut Media in the category. <laughs> See, shit like that is why I can't take it serious. I can't remember what that was. But Donut Media doesn't. They make videos about cars, and they had them in the sports it's, category. Cars is not sports. And not, and not, and not, wait, not, crazy. not even like racing cars. Like I, at first, because I didn't know that much nah, about Donut do Media. Talk about like. No, no, no. I'm talking about like I thought it was like a. Oh, I thought like, it was yeah, channel, competitive driving. Competitive no, there's driving. content about cars. Just content about and cars. It, will, it was in the sports category, and it won. And it won. <laughs> I'm like, yo, if I'm destroying or Christopher London, I'm pissed. It's like, man, they don't even make videos about the topic you're nominated for, man. It's unbelievable. Cause shout out to um NBA storyteller because he was in there, and I was like, oh, that's crazy. Oh, that's dope. Yeah, I remember. Huh? That's crazy. I forgot and, what a word that was. And I was like. Dude, like Donut Media? <laughs> Literally, as soon as I figured out that they went, I was like, let me go check out this channel. I ain't heard them yet. Yeah. Wow. Talking about uh, $100 rims versus $500 rims. I'm like, <laughs> this this is, is I fuck with their content. I've been subscribed oh, to no, them for a while. It's, not, it's really good content. It's just not sports. It's not sports. Yeah. So that's interesting. So it's, that's even worse because that means that they knew that they were going to win before they even did anything. They were just trying to figure out which category they were going to squeeze them into. Oh, yeah. Donuts got to win something. There's no car category, which there should be because there's, exactly. there's plenty of massive Yo, content creators streamies? in the car community. Was that the streamies? I don't remember which one it was. Whatever that is. Just make another category because there's plenty of YouTubers um, out there. Uh, there's B is for Bill. There's Tavarish. They both like rebuild cars. Um, there's like the I'm blanking on names, but there's at least like seven or eight content creators that watch that pull highly views that are in that community. They should have their own genre. Just make the other genre. Yeah, cars. That's a Don't good genre. put someone who makes videos about cars in the sports genre and they're not even talking about racing like. What are we doing? Oh, that's interesting. Um, so yeah, that's interesting. I got yeah. I'm on an award. I'm not gonna win. Um, not? I think it's like Why a combination not? of like. Why not? You're not playing the game. No, I actually gotta, don't. I would love to win. I just don't think I'm ever gonna mm, beat Laser Beam. Sell out. <laughs> no, you gotta sell out. Just sell out. I wouldn't. But here's the thing: is like you had to vote once a day, and oh, you didn't even tell your. You didn't tell your I people? ain't telling you, and it expires in like two weeks. <laughs> Yo, so no one even emailed you? They did, so I missed oh. it. And they, they, <laughs> they, they, no, no, yeah. I, was, I was thinking like they didn't email you and nah, they, just, nah. they just thought you were going to get to know? They sent me like a follow-up email and they were like, hey, dude, you got nothing. You're not going to say anything? Uh, and I had to respond to them. Um, but yeah, I was, I'm going to see. I thought I was going to care more, but I don't I don't care as much as I thought. But I, I started to care more because I saw other people care and I was like, oh, should I care about this? But I, mean, I did like a this little right bit. here. A million plaque. I couldn't give less of a shit that I earned that. I genuinely was the same level of excitement the day I got my million subscribers as the day before. Same level, man. In fact, I'd say I was maybe more excited the day before. Um, I get way more excited about just making a yeah, video. like that, I'm, I'm, that does well. That does well. I'm way more when excited. When my way more um, excited. playing every single 2K... Wow, everything I'm doing is in the background. Here. Mm. Every single 2K right here. I don't know if you guys can catch it with uh, the camera's wide angle. But and when I drop this video, I play every single 2K. Oh, sorry for the Spotify, guys. I'm pointing at a whole stack of 2K. Oh, and Apple Podcasts and Stitcher and Google Play. Mm. I do that every okay. time. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to throw all of them in there. So uh, every 2K, but, it's on but, our set. But that you, lets them know to go to YouTube. To YouTube if you want to see the, the video. subscribe button, Nodi Gang. Absolutely. Gang, 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 gang. gang. Don't do that. <laughs> Um, when I dropped that video, the first few days it did well, five hundred thousand in uh, two days. Mm, um, talk third, about it. Third King. day, I was in LA. 
And out of nowhere, people is texting me like, yo, agent, yo, your video is trending. Not trending for gaming. Shit is trending. Mm, talk so about it, King. Over the next week, I saw that video get two and a half million more views. <clears throat> talk about it, King. And I was in LA shooting videos with Davis, Duke. I think Peter was there and one other person at the time. I was just thinking to myself, like, man, I'm I'm on top of the world mm, right now. I'm in talk LA. About it. I'm in LA living. On in in the fucking hills, by the way. Mm-hmm. I wake up first of all. You know, I had to take the best bedroom. Of course, um, of course. I, I look out and I'm looking onto hills and Talk beautiful sunrises and sunsets. I got my little three million view video mm-hmm. blowing up, and then I checked how much money the video made. Mm, don't don't no 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 don't let them know about that. Don't let them know about that. That's too much. That's too much info right there. <laughs> and then I'm thinking to myself like, yo. This month is gonna be my best performing month. It was in terms of views. That's and, that's and, that's what. No, I get excited about that shit. And that was when I was like, that's what I want to feel that's, like. And it's not. I don't only feel like that when things are going well. Even when things are going bad, it gets me excited. Like um, December was a bad performing month for me, which is unfortunate because it's the best paying month. Mm. I just didn't. I didn't hit no. I didn't hit in December the same way I hit in. I'm doing a lot better in January than I did in December. I'll put it that way. Um, well, I can't and, say that, but <laughs> not, not a lot better. But in, in December, I was actually so excited about dropping videos because it was like a game. It's like, yo, how do I figure out how to make this game interesting? And I figured it out. I started uploading these Prime videos I enjoy, or I'll, I just dropped a meme mm. video today. And so it's like, it's, it's always fun for me, no matter what I'm doing horribly or I'm doing fantastic. Um, it's, it's interesting, though, that I got... How am I getting nominated for awards on all of YouTube? But I'm not verified on the fucking game. Talk about Ronnie's, it. Ronnie's, Ronnie's, yo, Ronnie, I'm looking right. at you, you right now. Why are you acting like a clown? Mm, talk about it. I'm trying to represent the 2K community here. Mm. And there's all these other genres, right? Now I'm blessed that, like, you know, I could be the face of that because that's an amazing feat. You know what talk I mean? There's a lot it. of great content creators in the 2K community. Talk about it. So how am I not verified in your game, but you're dropping all these verifications and streams if people sing for you? Yeah, we didn't even talk about that either. I don't even want to talk about that bozo too much. But, but it, that was that's just wild though. To just be not even just handing them out, but just to make people sing for it. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, for those who don't uh, keep up with me, you probably don't know. Uh, on NBA 2K, you can get verified. You can get like a YouTube logo or whatever logo. Actually, no, no it's like a 2K just a, logo. Just now. a 2K logo. Now. Anyway, you can get verified Trash. in the game. In 19, I was verified, but in 20, mm. there's a whole bunch of like contractual shit that I wasn't interested in doing, so I didn't get verified in the game. But I I then made it an issue that I wasn't verified. Considering I'm one of the content creators that uploads this shit every fucking day. Not every day, call, but like. But just call yourself the biggest? I'm not the biggest. Who? Um, Troy. Nah, you the biggest. <laughs> you, the, you the biggest. You the biggest. I'm not, but biggest. all right. All right, second so, biggest. But it's like, second I, biggest. whatever. Okay, maybe like if you count too hype, then Cash and Jesse too. But if you don't count them, then yeah, second. So second biggest. Uh, but it's like, yo, why you, why am I not being verified in your game? And so I made it an issue. My fans um, started, like, going in his streams asking why. And then um, it became, like, a messy situation where yeah, he just started to leak things about, like, he, first of all, he was the first person to bring up a contract. Yeah. I ain't seen nothing about that. So then I was like, all right, he greenlit me to talk about. I didn't talk about any details, but it's like, all right, you said it, not me. But that's still BS because if he's handing out. For um, anything, bro. If, if, I must say, if he's now handing out um, verification for people singing, then apparently a contract does not determine if you, if you get the verification so then or not. Then it's something personal. Now, I say this. He did reach out to me uh, when I dropped, like, a couple of videos, and he was like, hey, man, if you want to talk, like, we could talk. But it's like, no, I don't really want to talk, Ronnie. What are we going to talk about? What are we going to talk about? You know my stance. I, I'm not interested in doing what you guys have planned. And so... 
Cool. There's plenty of people that's verified that didn't sign shit. So why is it a problem when I don't want to sign nothing? It's because I'm too straightforward. On the phone call, I, I say what I mean. I'm not trying to, uh, I'm, I'm going to give him hope that I'm going to, I told him I'm not interested in signing something that I'm not 100% Facts. about. Period. I'm Facts. as straight as you can fucking be. But sometimes I realize in business, you, you, don't have, you shouldn't be too straight. Nah, man. Yeah, you're right. Because you got to. Got to play the game to, to change the game. So that was frustrating for me. Um, Let Ronnie down. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, I, I, mean, I, I get what you're saying. Because I, mean, I don't know that much about it. But still, I know like when you're dealing with contracts and people have these plans for you that you're not really even making for yourself. So apparently, you're just telling me what I'm about to be doing for, mm-hmm. the, for the next couple of years. And I can guarantee you, I'd say for you and for most people, almost everybody I speak to on a regular basis, anytime we're signing any deal, whether it's like a brand deal, like I just did a Squarespace ad today, mm. I'm always thinking about the content first. All right, so how is this deal that I'm about to sign going to affect my content? Yeah. Is it going to negatively impact it? Well, then you're going to have to pay me a lot of money to do it. And even then, I don't want to say too much about the deals I, I get into, but... I've turned down way too much fucking money because I thought it might hurt my content. Even if it's just a little bit. Yeah. Like an absurd amount of fucking money. And it it, it kind of like, <laughs> I be thinking about that sometimes. Like, the fact that you looked at me like that. Like. I was going to look in a different direction. I just might have given it away. Uh, <laughs> but it's like, but the content is always first for me because I feel like if my content is good, then I'm, I'm going to stay relevant. But the second people start real, like they're like, oh, that he didn't even care about his content no more. Mm. Then you're done. You're yeah. always going to be done. And for me, I want to do this for as long as I can. I love doing this. Yeah, facts. And I want to grow in as many ways as possible. And I know you're like that, too, which is why I love the Squarespace ads, by the way. Oh, yeah. This, I need to get, get back in contact with Squarespace. But yeah, yeah. I do the, do the same thing as well. Like. Cause well you know I don't you know I ain't, I ain't signed to um BBTV you know I ain't I ain't do that with my life and that was the reason why I didn't do it because they weren't really talking about nothing so I was like I I miss uh, miss miss uh, miss me with that but then there's also other opportunities where I just turned down because it's like yeah that's either that's not me or what y'all want me to do with the ad is like too much in my videos I'm like I'm 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 good I'm gonna I'm gonna drop a gem for everybody real quick okay, man pay right. attention for there's this people gem, who's man. hit me on Twitter saying it's yo shout out to the YouTubers out there who DM me is like hey yo you an agent dropping dimes I fucks with it so go ahead and drop your dime let me drop this little gem ahead, for you guys drop man. it real quick um I forgot the gem this is tragic I'm gonna fuck with you, man. Stop! Because it was really important. It was really important. But I forgot it. I have a bad memory, but they know that now. What about, I mean, was we were talking about sponsorships, about turning about stuff down and stuff like that, mm-hmm. keeping your integrity, mm-hmm. not letting Ronnie keep talking, down. Keep talking, man. I just can come back to you me. Know, man. Be, you know, always being concerned about the content. Mm. Oh, I got it. Okay. Okay, so when you get into deals, anytime you have, you, you always have the leverage. If you have clout, you always have the leverage. They have to play your fucking game. And so, honestly, sometimes people will email me, and I just practice on them. I'll be like, yo, this is my usual rate. They'll be like, we could do this. And I'm like, actually, I'm not comfortable with that. Would you mind doing, like, a CPM deal? Like, what's the highest CPM you could offer? Um, they said they could do this. Um, well, hey, I check it out. I could do it, like, in the first week of the month, um, and I can get it to you two days before sent for approval. You know what I mean? Um, is that something you're comfortable doing? And I'm telling you this right now. This is what I learned. If brands think that you're professional and that you're going to get shit done on time, they're going to fuck with you. They're going to fuck with you. And not only that, they're going to tell other agencies because a lot of the time you're not working with brands. You're working with an agency 
that's doing the work for the brand. So you never really talk to Squarespace and SeatGeek. You just talk to a person that's contracted by them to get deals. True, true, true. Um, so this is the gem. I forgot the gem again. This is not. It can't be that good of a gem if I keep forgetting it. I thought that was a gem. Honestly, I was leading towards it. It was going to have a great ending, though. Oh, just keep talking. Talk, talk, talk to me. No, you had the, you talking about um, you had the leverage and always mm. being able to make sure your content is straight. Boom. Um, a lot of companies is going to try and hit you up and they're going to say like, yo, we'll do this, 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 and this for you. Um, but this is what happens in most contracts. The company will list a fucking eight page document about the obligations you have to meet facts. And then their obligations is like two sentences. Facts. And, and so contractually they could fuck you over whenever they want. Facts. Don't fall for the trap. Anytime someone says something to you in a phone call or on an email, that's not in the contract run. They're going to bamboozle you. Trust me on that. They're going to tell you like, Oh, actually in the second year, we're going to do this, this, and this. Or if you do this one deal for us, um, they actually have in the next quarter, the, the budget the accounting is going to go like this, and we're actually going to offer something long-term. I need it right now. Is Facts. it in the contract? You're not going to sell me on something that I can't legally agree to nothing based off of anything that is not contractually obligated to me. I'm not going to get finessed. Facts. Um, so I see a lot of people just fall for traps on YouTube and it sucks because it's like, like Well they they have to learn because I mean at some point even me and you may have made mistakes along the way. So yeah. you just yeah, you just learn. But yeah, what you said is facts. Unbelievable. Like all facts. Like so so many people get finesse and it's like I get if you don't know because we all didn't know yeah, at yeah, some point. Exactly. But you don't have a single friend who knows? None of your friends know. Man, not one of your friends know. Because if you're a content creator, you probably have a bunch of content creator friends. Not one of them know. You mean that's, to tell me that? That's what I would always, that's what I would suggest to people is just try to network with other content creators. Because they'll keep you in check when you fuck up. Yeah, they'll even even if you're just running it by an idea, even if it's like a video idea, but definitely when it comes to the um the sponsorship stuff. Because what ends up happening is, is that when people end up taking bad deals and bad contracts, that now becomes a standard for all the sponsorships. Mm -hmm. So now the sponsors believe that this is what you should be valued because blow yes. Joe, blow yes. Joe took it. So now because blow Joe took it now, this sponsorship is BSing everybody else because you took it when in reality, you probably didn't even really mean you didn't probably know it was really that bad of a, a deal. But if you actually sat down and, and talked to someone else about it, they would have told you like, nah, that's not really a good deal. Yes. You should go back with them because this is what I got out of them as well. So always that do that. To me, that happens to me like once a month, by the way. Where that I, happens way too Where often. I'm close to getting something down, but I know the people that accepted a deal for way less. Yes. And they're like, oh, we don't even need this guy because everyone else is accepting way lower. It, even it, though your value is way higher. Way higher. <laughs> and what you said is true. When you, when you go into those situations... And this is and this is uh, kind of even beyond. Um, I mean, it's definitely heavily um, YouTube based. But it, anytime when someone in comes life, to you, you have leverage. You have the leverage. And even when you say in practice, again, even beyond YouTube, I tell people because my mother actually raised me on this concept. But just going out there and interviewing for things, just so you can practice and understand what people are looking for, and understand you you know your communication skills and get better at it and stuff like that, and understand what you need to prepare for when that opportunity finally comes. Absolutely. So you understand, and also also understand your value and what you're worth. Because if 
if someone else is offering you something that's way better than what you already have, then it gets a better understanding of what you you are valued at. Especially when you're in a situation and you gain value from that situation, you always want to reevaluate yourself in a different capacity. Yeah. But even beyond that, going back to the YouTube situation, yeah, using those using those opportunities as just practice to understand how you how you're valued and how to negotiate and things like that, and just don't be afraid because I think that's the one thing that people have a problem with is that they're afraid. To um, to they like think ask lose way the deal. too much, yeah. Which yeah. is which is crazy because literally thirty minutes ago you were operating like you weren't going to get that money anyway. So literally, literally just <laughs> literally before before you opened up your emails and you saw the deal on the table, you was operating like you weren't going to get it. Mm-hmm. If you ask for way too much, they'll just I mean they're going to say no and keep it pushing. But then if you just keep going out there grinding and providing evidence that what you actually are what you what you asking for is what your true value is, then that's all it's going to do because that's actually that's all that happened to me last year mm-hmm. because the year prior I was like stuck at like fifty to seventy thousand views per video, and in all last year and even now I can just upload a video that gets a hundred to in a doubled and tripled, mm. and now they're also like the last couple of videos I uploaded two or three getting like two hundred two fifty. No, that's what I'm talking. So about. then, so then <laughs> my price just went up, and that's and that's, <laughs> that ain't nothing but facts. Yo, I'm not. Um, man, you can hate me for quoting G Easy, but he had a really good line in the song. Oh yeah, like, I am gonna hate you. There was a song called Why Would I Wait with Young Pitch. He had a very good fucking line. I forgot what it went. Um, he's like, my album went platinum. Tell my agent triple my rate. And I, you know, I felt that one in my mm, fucking heart. You know that's what I mean? facts. <laughs> that's facts. Because that's all. Because because all they're going to do is because that's what. Unfortunately, there are some sponsorships who are not just that knowledgeable about how YouTube works. But I'm telling you, it all, when you go there and you tell them what you're doing and how you moving it and what's it what's it pushing. If they ain't gonna say no, then forget them because again, you were operating without them Facts. before. You have to be willing to. Lo- it, that goes with um, most. That goes with females too. You have to be willing mm, to lose. Okay, this is all right. Let's you, get into you it. You have to be willing to, it. to lose what the potential thing Facts. to get what you want from it. Facts. Yo, that was a quote, bro. Facts. Facts. I felt that one, man. But but that's right because again. You was already operating without it anyway. Mm. So you you talking about what you bring to the table. I was already eating before you got your plate mm. down here. It was done. I was already working. I was already maneuvering the way I wanted to maneuver. Yes. So if you're not bringing something to the table that's that's valid, that's going to help me then build and grow and it. continue to push, I'm good. Absolutely. Because I was already moving without you. It's good. I'm I'm good. You're dropping a whole lot of gems today, man. Facts. A whole lot of fucking That's gems. Facts. Oh man, this has been a great podcast. Just because I got a chance to um, reflect on a whole bunch of Kobe. Um, we dropped some gems for the people. Plus, we ain't talking like the past like four or five days. <laughs> I haven't talked to you about none of this. Yeah, we yeah. can't talk about plenty of stuff just because I don't want to re say it and pretend like it's the first time on the podcast. That whole last thing we just did is like no more conversations that we have. Mm-hmm. And the fact that we captured it on on a pod, yeah, that's amazing. What, you, what, what do you do? Oh yeah, yeah, that's what you be doing. <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> man. Hey, uh, thank you guys for. I mean, the love has been amazing so far since we've launched this podcast. Um, it's already doing better than our old one. <laughs> yeah, we, we already got like 10k on YouTube. Alone. Yeah, that's unbelievable. So thank that you guys so much, man. We really appreciate it. 
uh, we're going to figure this shit out. We're going to get better with it, too, because we, we're kind of rusty with it, to be honest with you. Uh, we have some guests. Honestly, I really enjoy the guest podcast. I can't wait for you guys to see those. We're going to be recording more of those. Uh, content creators or just hustlers in general, if you guys are in the Atlanta area, reach out to me, man. We might have you on a pod or something like that. Literally, I think well, the fact. moment we announced the podcast, um, Kenny DM me. He's like, yo, I, I want to be on. And I, you know, what's funny. I was gonna DM him and ask him to be on, Facts. but it was so beautiful that he was like, he was so eager. He was like, "Yo, let's do it." And I was like, "Anytime you're in Atlanta, we got to record something." Facts. Yeah, yeah. Piggyback off what you said, especially if you're in Atlanta. Let us know. Let Absolutely. Us, let us know. We chop it up with new people, especially because even though I've been in Atlanta my entire life, on this side of town, I don't know too many people. So yeah, chop it up with some new people. Of course That's gonna be dope if, if there's any guests You guys wanna see on the pod Make sure to let us know as well If you guys are listening on YouTube Make sure to subscribe Drop no, them Nodi gang Nodi gang Nodi gang 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 Stop being cringy <laughs> uh, You know Apple Podcast, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play I'm gonna get good at that You know make sure We should definitely that. start the podcast Like that Oh we, we Did we not do that? No we just jumped right into the Kobe Alright well that's valid It's, it's valid It's, it's, it's valid right, Kobe, it's Kobe, Kobe, it's Kobe, it's Kobe, it's Kobe. Uh, Wow yeah And this one ran a little long But I was thinking about like Maybe cutting in half But now we just leave that whole thing It's fine yeah Cause Absolutely. I don't think it's that, that crazy Hey but, um, thank you guys so much for listening We appreciate it The love I is say the, bye to the guys? Oh, hold on let me say bye oh to the guys God. real quick man Um, We'll catch you guys later Bye Yo <laughs> And the fact that I'm editing it No for a fact you're not gonna get off of that Yo, again, yeah, like you said, shout out to everybody showing us love. Shout out to everybody y'all in the Nodi Gang, 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 Gang. Shout out Friends. to everybody who hit the subscribe button. <laughs> everybody out there who follows us on Twitter. I'll make sure I put the um the little lower third so you can follow us on Twitter and stuff like that in the YouTube. You know what I'm saying? And shout out to the Spotify algorithms and, and the uh, Apple Podcast algorithms. Us, man. Shout out to them. Yeah, shout out to y'all. Help me hey, if up. you guys are on Apple Podcasts listening to this, drop a five star. That's what you do, right? Yeah, drop a five star, suggest it, throw us on the ox court, you know, tell your friends about mm. it. That organic growth. That's what I'm trying to that's, get to. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm trying to get to. Talking about, man. But uh, until next time, peace. We need a real outro. <laughs> <laughs>